Hello there. Welcome to another episode of the Thrifty Marketer Podcast. Today we will be chatting with Troy Sandage, the strategy hacker. We will be discussing digital marketing strategies for business growth with Troy today. Troy is a growth marketing strategist, aka the strategy hacker, who empowers businesses to achieve next level growth and high-level results through innovative marketing strategies and social media solutions. As the founder and CEO of Strategy Hackers, his work portfolio includes entrepreneurs, startups, small and medium businesses, nonprofits, agencies, and Fortune 500 brands. Let's hear it from Troy. Right, so when I started the show, I had a rule which I had said for myself that I will not bring on marketing folks on the show. Then I removed that rule because I, when I checked my network, I had so many awesome, cool marketers in the network who had done a huge amount of work in their years of experience which they had. So I, I, I wanted to bring on somebody who can talk about digital marketing from a from a person who has executed things, so I wanted a cool marketer to come on the show today. So I just started checking out who is the coolest person I know who has so much of knowledge in marketing, and I could find one person who fit that exact criteria. So today I have Troy Sandage with me. If you guys haven't checked them out, go to Google and search for Troy Sandage. He's one of the coolest marketers you will ever find. All right, so Troy is a growth marketing strategist. He is also called a strategy hacker. He empowers businesses to achieve next level growth, high level results through innovative marketing strategies and results driven social media solutions. Many Fortune 500 and brands plus SMBs hire him because he is a strategic mastermind at igniting business momentum generating rapid process mechanisms to accelerate market distributions you might you might think that i'm i'm throwing some jargons at you but when you hear this guy share his experience you will understand he has come up with his own methodologies which are mind-blowing right so he has worked is a is a founder and ceo of strategy hackers his work of portfolio includes entrepreneurs startups smbs non-profits, agencies, and Fortune 500 brands. His marketing solutions and strategies have generated over $100 million for his clients worldwide. So I have prepared some amazing questions for you guys, for him, and let's bring him on. Hey, Troy. Hey, what's up? I love that T you have, the original strategy hacker. <laughs> Gosh, show some love. Gosh, show some love. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for taking time out and joining uh, today. I remember I asked you to be on the show on your birthday, if I'm not wrong. And maybe because it was your birthday, you couldn't say no, I guess. <laughs> oh, it's not my birthday today. <laughs> no, no, no. When, when, when I asked you to be on the show, it was, I think, last month or so, uh, it was your birthday, I believe. Yes, that was correct. Yes, that is correct. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for uh, being here today. Uh, you know, just to give you a background, this show. I started when COVID kicked in. So, and I wanted to bring on people like you who have so many things to share with, you know, folks who are working in marketing, folks who are running businesses, et cetera, et cetera. And so I have, a, I have curated a set of 10 to 12 questions for you 
uh, which covers SMB marketing, digital marketing, and things like that. So if you're ready, we can start off. Yes, let's go. Let's dive in. All, <laughs> all right. So, you know, my first thing, this is a question which I normally ask my guests at the end of the show. But then I thought, since it's a year anniversary of COVID-19, let me ask this question in the beginning itself. So how was 2020 and COVID-19 impacted you? And how is 2021 looking up for you? Um, 2020, I mean, whew, you know, you hear the numbers together and it gives you those shivers, right? I right. think for me, um, I as I look back on it in hindsight, right, 2020, ironically, um, I won't say the word pivot, but definitely I'd say the word transformation. And I think, you know, we don't grow until we hit resistance and resistance right. and that iron, you get sharper, you get stronger. And many times I think all of us, if I can really speak to marketers and entrepreneurs particularly, we get set in our ways. We think a certain way. We kind of establish ourselves at this thing. And 2020 is like, nah, bro. Everything that you thought you knew, <laughs> everything that was working, not working, won't happen. And it probably won't work again. So right. recognizing that um, I personally had to adapt. I know everyone has have had to adapt in some way. I think for me, it forced me to accept my truth and it forced me to embrace well probably a little chore on the inside knew all along and it's like i just need a little help a little more <laughs> resistant to get it out there so um during this whole period i created strategy hackers um the framework was built seven to ten years ago but the identity of what strategy hackers is now came out of 2020 and not only that I think during that period, I picked up on a few skills on the way. I mean, when you're stuck and confined to your home and we always say, right, if I had more time, if I could do this, if I didn't have to do that, I'm like, okay, I'm saving three hours a day on commute. I'm saving all this money on not eating out all the time. I have time now to be in my thoughts and deal with whatever I need to deal with to figure out what do I need to do next? How can I grow from the situation? And from that, I've had more opportunities. I figured out where I really want to be my niche at, and that's where the strategy hackers was born. So I'm really, even though it was very painful, I suffered a lot of loss as well as many others. Um, in the midst of that, there's still some fruitfulness, there's still some joy um, that I can reflect and take out of that. Fantastic. I think I think it was a reality check year for all marketers. You know, we we as you rightly mentioned, we are all set in our own ways. Uh, we were we were really shook upon, and we had to think on the feet. Uh, to come up with new things to reach our customers and things like that. That's fantastic. Absolutely. So I'm so glad. I'm so glad that Strategy Hacker came out of the entire, you know, fiasco I was called. But uh, I'm happy for that. Fantastic. Thank you. All right. So when I, when I look at you, when I was doing some reading on you, the kind of the body of work you have behind you, I could see that, you know, you, you, you are a VP as a marketing agency. And from there, you have become the Strategy Hacker right now. So... If you can just give us a short journey, preview of your journey, that would be fantastic. Sure. So, um, man, going back, <laughs> it is crazy to think about how I've transitioned. But I'll tell you this, that opportunity was probably one of the greatest moments of my life, knowing that because I didn't know I had it in me to come in. They asked me to build the agency back up again. I brought in a rag team of amazing individuals. It felt like I was building the Avengers, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and we were achieving so many things. And I think I needed that experience, A, to just prove to myself that if I wanted to, that if I could, 
I can run a whole agency. I can, you know, be on executive level. I can cultivate and I can do it my way. My way is really leading the team. I'm not like, oh, I'm here. You're down there. Like, no, we're all on the same level. You have your zone of genius. And I'm just here to spark that plug. I, I always called myself. I was a hype man every time I was working there. And so transitioning from that high level, I'm cranking out 100 hours a week, you know, doing this where it's, you know, this feels like you're a baby, but it's not my baby. But I'm putting it in and this effort and this team to being more of a solopreneur for now um, was weird because I was so used to almost delegating and just kind of being the project manager of it all to now I have to actually do it all myself. And so I know I hear people going from one extreme to the other with team, but me going from a team back down to myself was a little bit different from a, a psyche mental health capacity and just see right. from a, you know deliverable capacity but i think i needed that to just see if i could do it it also made me very appreciative when you have teams you know what i'm saying um but i think once i was able to kind of go on my own i was able to really focus on what clients what type of things i really wanted to do and actually i was able to achieve a next level type of mindset and able to really help my clients even further. So I would encourage people sometimes when, you know, you're you're insecure about yourself and you don't know like how it's gonna work. Sometimes when you're on your own, you're really able to maximize that level. But I would have never got that confidence and those different skill sets that I didn't have in my wheelhouse before, unless I came from a team that brought different things to me. And so it was very interesting to see how that transitioned, um, but I'm excited. I mean, I'm a strategy hacker, so now I can go and different agencies, different corporations and just coming from a high level get them up and running or where they need to go and kind of go on to the next thing. And that's where I discovered my ultimate strength is that I'm really good at the top of the funnel. I'm really good at coming and solving problems and get out going to the next thing. So find a position, find a situation that works, not just for your life, but for you and how you deliver with your work. Right. right. I, think the, I think the new direction, I think it just opened up the entire horizon for you, I guess, you know, earlier it was just one agency, then clients, now you have, the world is your oyster right now. Fantastic. I'm so excited to see what are you going to achieve in the coming years. Yeah. Right. All right. So next, you know, I am pretty passionate about SMBs, small and medium businesses. They are the ones who struggled a lot in during COVID. They have been struggling for several years. They don't have the big fat pockets, etc. So uh, that's why I want to listen the insights which guys like you have for them. So my next question, you know, I want to know whether the digital strategies which we normally talk about will work for SMBs for their business growth and their brand building. Will it work? I don't think so. And okay. I know it just hurt a lot of people's hearts right now. Uh, right. I'm saying because the audience that you once knew, they're not the same audience no more. We've had over right. a year to learn how to navigate technology. We've had over a year to see what we don't like and what we do like. We've been in Zoom meetings forever, Zoom overload. So right. you put all this effort into a video that's visually impaling and powerful. If it doesn't have a narrative speech to me, I, I don't care. Now, previous years, oh, got my attention. Now I'm so desensitized to so many things. Now, as an audience pool, we got to do something different. But I think this is the perfect time for SMBs because right now social media is at a level playing field. Troy, what are you right. talking about? On any given day, a random person can have the right timing, the right message, the right content, and it's just organic from like, let's say a TikTok or Twitter video. And it, I won't say virality because I don't believe in virality, but it gives a lot of traction and it gets a lot of right. awareness. And who's the most connected to their communities? SMBs. Big brands are trying to 
bring micro influencers, all these people to bake to give that home experience. Our mindset, our emotional EQ is all conditioned now. I, I want to be safe. I want to be home. I want to support my community. So as it means, this is your time to be on social, not to broadcast, but to tell your stories and to make those ask. It is not a time to have pride. You need money. You need business. You want people to come to your stores. You want people to buy your products online? Ask. This is the time because we are conditioned now because if you get behind a motive and you make us the audience a part of your journey, we're going to get there. So I really think if there's ever a time for SMBs to be doing, you know, IG stories, do some type of video pieces, you know, look at TikTok, look at Clubhouse if it makes sense, Twitter spaces, all those different things, you actually are going to get a lot more leverage for your money and just for your time than what you probably would have done before previously. Fantastic. I'm so glad to hear that answer because now I'm super excited that I thank God I asked you to come on the show and pick this topic to talk about it because I'm pretty sure a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with this and they want to hear this. They should hear this. All right. Moving on. You know, I want to know for people who are not big SMB owners who are not a big fan of marketing. I want to know I, this is this question is for them. What are some of the goals that SMB owners can try to accomplish? by investing time and energy into digital marketing? The first one definitely is brand awareness. I, I don't care if you have the most amazing website in the world and you spend a million dollars on it. If no one knows you exist, they're not coming. They're not clicking. And guess what? They're not buying. So right. social media is the highway, as I like to say, and you need to get on that thing and drive people to your website, drive people to where you want them to go. Um, so I definitely think that particular thing is very important. And again, in times past, you could get away with hiring a certain thing and they just schedule out content, right? No, now we have to tell our, we have to tell stories. So that means you either need to bring on somebody to be on the inside or you need to articulate to an, an outside team or individuals or consultant of your story in a very deep micro way so they can take that and push that out there on content online to drive people in. So right. digital marketing is more important. Guess what? This is all we use to communicate. I mean, 2020, right. there's still a lot of lockdowns, still a lot of things going on, even though even still we're making transitions and things are opening up again. Most of the planet is kind of like, oh, I don't know yet. I'm not sure. Digital marketing right. is still the best way to talk to your people. And if you don't have an infrastructure where you're constantly doing that, you need to rethink. And let me also clarify, it's not just social media. When we say digital marketing, email isn't dead. You can right. still viable option, especially if people are trying to relinquish themselves from social media for a little bit, rest their minds. If you still have their email, they can still be reached. They can still be engaged. Um, so think about that as well. Um, paid advertisement is still viable. It's just choosing wisely. And actually, it doesn't require as much as it used to. But just knowing what platforms make sense for your audience. Um, right. But I would encourage you lean in more on the organic digital marketing strategies because I don't want people to waste their money and money is tight right now. So if you can get a good 75% of the results that you would have got from pay from organic, that's amazing. That's powerful. Right. So I'll say lean on that and save the cash flow. Right. Absolutely. So uh, even I, I, I remember watching your video where you have this uh, story about how social media is like a high you know, car, you know, that, that, that story. You, you guys should check out that video of Troy where he explains it very well. Absolutely. Going on, you know, next question. You're a big, big proponent of brand authority. 
So how can brands, this question I'm opening it up for bigger brands also. So how can brands or even SMEs leverage digital, digital channels to build that authority? Uh, can you hear me, Troy? Okay, I can hear you. Can you ask the question? Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no worries, no worries. So what, what I was asking is, you, you are a big proponent of uh, brand authority, right? Yeah. So I want to know, how can SMBs or even bigger brands leverage digital channels to build that authority? So we're definitely, again, leaning back, you have to ask, really make those demands, bring people on the journey. But here's the thing, the brand authority is not rooted in follower account. I'm just going to be blunt. A lot of people think that way. Yeah, does it kind of maybe I'll look at your profile for a few other seconds? Sure. The eye test, but I need to validate that by who's engaging. So you really want to focus on your community, even for big brands. They're trying to build their micro communities in every state. They're trying to build it in every community and every subset that they do. So for an SMB in particularly, you really need to lean in on a computer. I use this example all the time with a nonprofit. The nonprofits that survived 2020 are the ones that had the most amazing communities. You want to know why? Because even though I had a reduced maybe amount of money in my pocket, my mind goes back to the story of what this nonprofit is trying to do. And I thought, someone's doing less than me. Someone needs this more than me. Let me donate just a little bit of my money to this nonprofit. And if everyone donates $1 to this nonprofit, it may seem small, but it adds up to big enough to keep them keep everything cost, the overhead and everything, keep it moving, and so they can do what they need to do. And the same thing in the SMB world as well, when your community knows your story and you really have that brand authority, again, community is really the validation of your brand authority because if one platform goes down and they really cared about you, you're going to go to another one. They're going to just follow you around because you have that relationship. And so right. brand authority is rooted in community, and when you have a strong community, They'll tell you if they even if they can't afford you right now, if things came back and they had to cut their prices for your software or whatever you do, they're going to still refer you and do what they can to help you leverage yourself to get more new new business or more business, either what you want. So I think that's the point. That's the goal. And I think even for big brands, because they can't just make money off their names anymore. Right. Obviously, their brand authority is like, oh, it's not in the name. It's in my community. So even with them, they're adjusting. They're trying to make all these shifts. They're, they're spending more time and resources and money to build these micro conversations to cultivate that community organically and globally. So if they're freaking out and trying to do it, SMBs, this is your time. I keep telling y'all, this is your time to shine because guess what? You already have the community's heart in your hand. You just got to use digital marketing to reach out to them and grab them. Right, right. I've never heard anybody talking about community in that with, with an example like that, nonprofit example. That's fantastic. Absolutely. That's a, that's a power of community, guys. So you have to leverage that. You have to put an effort to build that, then leverage that. All right. My next question is the follow-up to that. So social media and communities, they go hand in hand these days. And you just mentioned how powerful these communities can be. So if, if an SMB wants to, or a brand wants to build a strong community, what are your top advice as a strategy hacker? Um, number one, it is not about you. It's about right. them. It's all about them. Entrepreneurs, sometimes we think our product, our service is the best thing since last bread. I got the future in my hands. It is powerful. It's magical. And guess what? We put it out there and nobody cares. Right. Oh, oh my goodness. So what you need to do is create the perception of value that matches 
what they do, what they want. It's all about them. Hey, our product helps solve this problem. If you're going through this problem right now during this pandemic, you need the solution in your wheelhouse. Come engage with us. Come talk to us. And it's not just that. You know, what I've loved, what I've seen um, during this pandemic is brands working together. There's enough room for everyone to make their money because we right. make, entrepreneurs, we're all protective. We're like, no, no, this is my baby. No, no, uh-uh. We got our blinders on. We can't see past ourselves. But we take them off. Hey, you know what? This person, I, I, learned, I never thought I'd see a day when McDonald's and Burger King be on a campaign together to make sure they're all their franchises in a certain area are thriving and like, hey, you should eat at this place. You should eat at this place. And I think the same way with entrepreneurs, I tell them, hey, if you're not getting any money, that's a problem. If I can get half or a fraction of the money while collaborating with other people, again, my extended universe, as I like to call it, my community, and use them to leverage that, instead of me getting zero, I may be getting 25%. That's yeah. better than nothing. And over time, it may even grow and increase because the volume, the reach is 10 times, 50 times, 100 times, 1,000 times what it would have been if I just stayed in my own little circle, my own little universe. But when I collaborate, think of the, for those who are Marvel fans, the multiverse, it's a whole different experience. It's a whole different vibe. So I think that's really what's going to help for communities. That's how you're really going to lean in on it to survive, but also thrive right now. So there's room for everyone to make money. There's room to grow. You got to let go of your pride. Ask for help. Your community is going to help you. And lean in on the folks because I, I did this and I'll be done. Let's say for us right now, we are have our own communities. Who's watching this right. live? Who's going to watch this in the replay? They may have never heard of me. They may have never heard of you. But now we're collaborating together. And there might be a lot of things that we do in unison and commonality. But now, hey, we're combining forces to make this amazing content for you to reach and you know expand for you. That's powerful. Right. That's amazing. And that's joining our communities together to have a united, even bigger community. Right. Absolutely. I believe in that. You know, there's, there's room for everybody, uh, yeah. you know, if you have the right intentions, I believe strongly in that. Absolutely. That's fantastic uh, advice about community. Now, since I have you, the strategy hacker here, I want to pick your brain. Again, I'm using that weird phrase, pick your brain, continuously in all my episodes, which I should stop very soon. So I want to I know some of your favorite hacks for leveraging social media for business growth for these brands i'm actually gonna read some off because sure i don't want i want to get it right i want to get it right um so for those who don't know i just did something recently um about leads and a lot of people want to talk about that but leads stand for i'm an acronym guy y'all i'm not gonna you'll learn about that about me uh legion engagement authenticity demand and sales and so sure how was that a hack it's a framework and I love to set frameworks because it helps you. You want to focus on relationship marketing tactics. As I already talked about, it's not about broadcasting. It's about more conversations. And then you right. want to build the system around the community, not yourself. Sure. How is that a hack? If I can help you save time, your focus, mm -hmm. laser focus on what the very thing you need to do, which is build community. Community is going to reap more brands, more business. It's going to reap more people reaching out to you, more exposure. It's going to help people elevate you more, be an advocate for you more. And oh, by the way, if you're using Twitter and other platforms like that, it helps you get indexed into Google more because the exposure and the content is being there. The community is going to tell you what content you need to say. The community is going to tell you what do they need right now and how you need to pivot according to match their need. All that's rooted in that. If you're zoned in on that, 
you're going to, it doesn't matter. Now, I'm not saying it's not hard. I'm not saying you don't have to make some modifications to how you sell and who your community is, because if at least 35% of your community aren't buyers, you need to retool that because we can get stuck in the clout. Entrepreneurs, we like likes and engagement. Hey, man, I had 100 likes on that post. I'm doing it. How many of them actually bought your product? How many of them actually got on a conversation, though? So when I can help people think of how to approach leads in a certain framework, it's going to help them more efficiently, more effectively get to where they need to be. But also, here's the thing that makes me different from other folks. I'm trying to build you up and show you sustainable systems. There are many marketers that are not putting on shade who can give you poof, a lot of stuff right now that the next month, it don't work no more. That don't help nobody. That don't help nobody. But this, the frameworks I'm trying to help people with is that another one I want to do is Clover. That's clarity, leverage, optimization, vision and value, execution and results. Now that is not, you know, linear. It's nimble. It's here. So when you're clear about what you're trying to do as a business, when you're clear about your identity, that makes it clearer in your copy. People can sense when you're desperate, especially entrepreneurs. When you're desperate for money and things are on the phone, we can sense it in your copy. But when you're clear about who I serve and why, that calms you down. And that builds that trust up when it seeps out there. Leverage your community. Optimize your content. If you haven't used digital marketing, well, you're optimizing your business infrastructure by incorporating digital marketing. You're watching this video right now to learn and educate yourself. That's optimizing your whole thing about it. And you have to have that vision and value. I got to give value. If I'm not giving value, in this moment, yo, you, you suck. I don't want you no more. Get out of here. You got to give value to your community and you got to execute. I know COVID's a thing. I know we got a lot going on. I know our mental health is very important. Take the rest. But at the end of the day, your business needs to thrive and that's dependent on you. So these are hacks because many times we as entrepreneurs, we so focus on a get rich quick scheme, a software that's going to make us get all these leads. But if your mental health isn't intact, if you aren't a full tool machine that got time to pivot and know how to look at things from a certain framework perspective, things can go south real quick, real quick. If I'm getting good results, but I'm not making things work, it doesn't feel right. Let me go back to my clarity and get clear about what's working, what's not. Let me be clear about my reality. Hey man, 2020, the effects 2020 is not going away. You got to make these changes. I got to implement digital marketing. I got to execute. I got to optimize. All that lays out. So between leads and Clover, those are my top two frameworks, if you will, hacks to really help our entrepreneurs and SMBs not only survive, but thrive during a period like this. Right, right. Yeah. So, you know, guys, if you, uh, why I put this question is because I, I knew that Troy will have, Troy can talk an entire episode of this. I'm pretty sure about that. And, and I know that his frameworks are so proven. And if you want more information on that, you should go find the frameworks on findtroy.com. You know, I tried to do a wordplay there, uh, which was which, which was so great. But go to findtroy.com and check out his models, which he's talking about, all the frameworks. You will understand the the real objective behind it. He has done this with his clients and he has developed these frameworks. Because I'm a big fan of frameworks. Without framework, it's very difficult to stay on top of things. You know, so it's it's really, really important. All right. So moving on, my next question is about content. I am a big fan of content. I love producing content. I try to produce content on the move. I try to produce content after doing a lot of research. I'm, I'm, I'm really, I, I'm in love with content. So this is a question which I want to get your opinion on. Content, obviously everybody knows it's a powerful tool for brand building, but how can brands 
and SMBs, especially with small budgets, hack the content formula for better results. So let's talk about this. So most people, when they shoot of content, they think of linear, just distribution, I'm done. No, 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 no. You got to approach content from all these different facets. So if you're doing a graphic and you're sharing it on Instagram, use the alt text. It's searchable on Instagram. They just updated their whole SEO infrastructure. If you put that in there, A, it helps you more be more accessible because you're excluding a whole audience that maybe are visually impaired. That's You have a whole new audience that you're speaking to by putting the alt text. But not only that is being taught in there. So think about that. The other thing I like to share, if you're creating a video and you're uploading YouTube, most people are concerned about, I want views. I want likes. No, 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 no. Use that content for your video as SEO because it's going to be easy. You're putting it into YouTube, which is the second largest engine to what? Google. Who owns YouTube? So use YouTube, put videos on there, not just for people to view, but for SEO. That's going to help bring more authority and backlink back to your website. You have 2,000 characters in there. Add links to various things, your scheduler, uh, your products that you're buying, your services that you're selling. Make it very clear. Use the whole thing. And so right. that's making your content, you know, multidimensional than just linear. Like, hey, I posted that video out there. Well, Troy, I don't use YouTube. Well, did you make a lot of content, a lot of lives on Facebook and LinkedIn? Here's the hack. Download them things. Upload them to YouTube. Put it in certain playlists. Now, when you're in a conversation and you don't feel like saying, hey, Troy, what was that framework you said? Guess what? I got a whole video on it. I'll send you the link. Now, oh, guess what? Now it's a sales tool. Now, I don't have to repeat myself a million times. I can go to this video. Hey, if you go to whatever time, this is 29, 29 minutes, Troy's talking about this thing, click on that. Go to this, oh my goodness, this is the value that I had. So many times people are looking at content from a very linear perspective when they really need to see, what can this content do for me in multi-facets? The big brands are trying to do that as well, but really, that's really important. I'm really conscious of that for SMBs because you all don't have as much time. So if you can create a content that can serve multiple purposes, guess what? You're more efficient. That means you're going to be more effective. And it may not show right now, but in a, a month or so, when you have content being indexed and driving leads and educating and use the sales tools that makes it quicker to make those conversions happen, oh, my goodness, I, I'm an army. I may be an army of one, but I am an army. I am unstoppable, and I'm going to kill it. I want SMB owners to listen to this answer. I'm pretty sure they need it, especially SMB owners in the US and all that. They need to hear this kind of, they need to get this kind of energy going to be surviving right now. Fantastic. All right. So, you know, it's 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 a follow-up question to that. You know, you, you touched upon this about storytelling. Storytelling is driving content these days you know it's not the olden days when you can create whatever you feel like and put it up there you need to have people are fed up of it and people are ignoring stuff like that so it's time to story down so what are your thoughts on you know because people when I, when I speak with entrepreneurs and talk bring up this topic of storytelling I have I get weird reactions from them you know people have raised eyebrows they start twitching their hands and things like that so what are your thoughts on how can these SMB owners or brands get better at storytelling? Ooh. Well, here's the thing. Stories tell. I'm sorry. Facts tell. Stories sell. How is that? How does stories sell? This. People look okay, at this yeah. and they already have a certain status. 
They look at you a certain way. Whether you're an Android or you're an Apple, you, you looked at me with this phone, they're like, yo, what's up? Or you're like, yeah, you one of us, yeah. Either way, there's a story behind it. When you can connect to someone's story and share your story, when we're speaking right now and we're sharing different things about ourselves, if I said, hey, I came from this, and if you resonated with me coming from corporate America, enduring things, being lost from different jobs, and yet I'm still thriving because I didn't lose my intelligence, I didn't lose my frameworks, I didn't lose the experience, I just lost that job or jobs, and that experience is going to keep me going. So if you're an entrepreneur, oh, that resonated with me. So if this happened to me, that doesn't mean it's over. That means, hey, I'm still strong enough to do these things. And so stories is what's going to get you the bag, if I can be blunt. Stories is what's going to build the communities. Because when pandemic happened and you made the ask, but you also had to share the story behind it. Hey, I'm an entrepreneur. I have two daughters. I'm trying to make ends meet. I'm doing everything that I can. I can't afford paid ads, but I can use some help. That story resonated with people. And they're going to be emotionally compromised to want to help you. They want to become, I'm sorry, compelled to help you. So stories are mega powerful. And that's really how you should layer your content because no one's, they almost, nobody wants to read a fact sheet. Nobody right. wants to read a bullet list of every little, no, 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 no. Throw that away. Tell the story and make it make sense. Because here's the thing. People are going to pick up on certain things than other people when, they, when you tell a story. So they may be, or Troy, I'm, I'm stuck on the 100 million, over $100 million part. Troy, I'm stuck on you as a former VP part. Troy, I'm stuck on you, you're a black marketer. Whatever part of the story makes sense, now I have their heart. Now I can make the ask because they're more compelled to listen all through the power of story. And lastly, storytelling is the oldest exchange of way we communicated in human history. You might as well lean on the very thing that is innate in all of us. We love stories. We love reading it. We love hearing it. We get emotional. We get happy. We get sad. It's powerful. So if you're an SMB, dig deep and tell your story. Don't tell me the facts of what this phone does. It has 12 MVP, blah, 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 blah. No, no, no. This story is going to help you make amazing videos. This story is going to da, 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 da. That's really the goal. And that's how you're going to really grow and only not only grow, but thrive as a brand by telling stories. But it also, again, stories is an exchange because when you're sharing your story, oh, I feel compelled. Now I want to share my story. And you find those mutual things and you move forward together. Right, right. Absolutely. That's fantastic. I'm, actually, I'm, I'm enjoying this conversation, you know, because I am also learning a lot of things here. So I, I love these kind of interviews when I do People give some 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 you know light bulb moments for me also. So that's that's very nice. All right. So now I wanna I wanna talk a little bit about your work and the, some some insights from there. So what are the most recommended digital marketing strategies or tactics Troy recommends to SME clients? I would say right through now, unless it's absolutely necessary, don't do paid advertising. I'm not saying not forever, but I'm saying if you don't have a strategy or a plan to effectively use it, I'm telling a lot of my clients, just people will walk past, like, be more aware of where your money is going. We could have a lot of things running that we don't know that it may be small, but it's eating that, eating that what we're doing. And you just need to be aware of how that's going to work. So I'd say if you can be very effective in your organic marketing strategies, then from that, that tells you, okay, if I add money to it, it's going to be even more effective. And that's just yeah. my thoughts on because I'm I'm really being aware of the SMB in mind. I know that may be controversial, but I'd rather people save their money and know it's more of a sure thing 
then you're testing right now. We don't have the time to test. And I want you to save as much money as possible to get you through this period. Um, cash flow is very effective and very efficient and it's much needed for SMB. So a lot of markets might say, yeah, take my money. I'm going to take your money and just run these ads and you might not get any results. I'm not about that. I want you to build a sustainable system. And when you yourself can see things working organically through just your tactics and efforts, that gives you more confidence. And when you need to pay an outsider or you yourself need to invest and put money into ad campaigns for whatever platform you're using or Google or whatever, it gives you that little bit of boost that, okay, there's a higher chance this could be very successful for me and my business to provide for myself and my family. Um, another thing is to, if you aren't doing it, I know we may be zoomed out, but video is still the number one way to get across what you do. Why? Because right. I can connect to you from an emotional level. I can see the sincerity in your voice. I can hear you. I can see you, I can hear you, and you are the brand. You are the identity. So many times people want to hide behind logos. They want to hide behind just having other folks do the work for them. I need to feel connected to the person I'm putting my money to. We are more conscious of where we spend our money because there's a scarcity, and also we want to feel like we did something. So when you right. can do that in a way, the most efficient way to tell your story is through video. Because many times, hey, you know what? I don't want to write. I'm not the best writer. I got to do the whole Grammarly thing. That takes too long. True, I'm not a graphic designer. I got time to put this out there. I'm in camera like, how do I do this? How do I do this? But when I can press record and go and share my story, it's powerful. And it can be shared everywhere. Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, Troy, I can't do what y'all doing on live right now. I'm intimidated. I'm scared. If you've ever taken a selfie, if you've ever done an IG story, then you can make enough IG story, 15 second snippets, put them all together of you telling your story. Hi, I'm this, da, 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 15 seconds. Hi, I do this, da, 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 15 seconds. Put them all together and put that out there. There is no excuse. You need to execute. That is a border that you need to break because video is really the way that's gonna break through those things. And it's transferable through TikTok, through IG stories, IG reels, all that good stuff. So just something to think about. And lastly, um, within this short span of time, when you're thinking of where you're doing, you don't have to, just because you're trying to claim your username on every platform, I do recommend doing that. You don't have to be everywhere. Okay. Many times we need to pull back and go really niche focus. Sure, that's blasphemy. No, that's survival. If you're creating content everywhere and it's not working, reel it in. Use those platforms as, what have I said you by content? SEO tools. So have it there. Pin a piece of content, have it linked to your schedule, have it linked to your website, and don't worry about it. It doesn't matter because if it wasn't generating leads before, if people were commenting and engaging with you before, it ain't gonna matter now that you're not posting, not even realize you're there. Use SEO and focus on those one or two or three platforms that you can do consistently, that feels right, right for you, that have maybe the biggest community, not following the biggest community, those who engage with you, and go from there and you'll see better results and people will be aware that, oh, this person's known for LinkedIn or this person's known for Clubhouse and that's going to help you generate leads. And I know it's hard because you're like, what about that over there? We don't got time. We got to put this focus on and I got to get money. I got to make sure my family's good. I want your business to be successful, not just survive, but thrive. You got to bring it back and focus more. And, and guess what? You're going to realize because you're putting more time in the flow of how you're making that content there. Woo, it's going to be beautiful. I love that. I love that. All right. So that's that's one of the world's famous questions every SMB marketer faces. Which all social media platform should I be active on? <laughs> that's the first question people start the conversation with. All right. Now uh, I want to get to know a little bit about you. Uh, 
you know, where you come from, the methodologies you work with, etc. So next set of questions will be about that. All right. So I want to ask you first and foremost, one thing which I am super impressed on your website was the marketing philosophies you follow. You know, I've never seen anybody write except Gary V. I've seen Gary V having his philosophies in place. But other than that, I've never seen a marketer having these philosophies well jotted down and clear about it. Right. So the one thing that caught my attention was culture is the GPS. So, you know, it's it's not related to uh, the interview or the topic we are discussing, but I want to know more about that. So that's why I added a question on that. So I want to know what do you mean by culture is the GPS and how can brands adopt that philosophy? I, I thank you for bringing this up. This is very dear and near to my heart. And I didn't bring it. I didn't even create this, added that to the philosophy um, right. until 2020. A lot of stuff went down. A lot happened. Um, that changed me, that changed the way people think about me, ask me questions. I won't go into that, but it's there. So what do I mean by culture's GPS? I, I make it very plain and simple. In the 90s, right, people thought there's this thing called the internet. Oh, I'm not going to be on that. Guess what? Culture said, huh, yeah, it's going to be a game changer. Guess what now? We're all on the internet. Uh, Facebook, you know, 2006. Man, it's for college students. No big deal. Da, 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 da. Oh, guess what? We all got a Facebook account and we probably all got a business page. The same thing with Instagram. Oh, that's just for kids, 13 year olds. Nah, I'm good. You pretty much everyone has an Instagram account now. Oh, you know, TikTok's come around the corner. You see a pattern here? Culture yeah. is going to tell you what's coming up. You're like, what? Culture is about change. And many times we get stuck in this thing. Culture is going to take when you think of, you know, I'm, I'm on the road. I'm trying to get to, you know, maybe we're trying to go out to eat, go out to get some drinks, whatever we're trying to do. And I'm, I made the wrong turn. My GPS is telling me, hey, you can still get to the destination, but you got to go here and here and here and here and here. That's the same thing with culture, because, you know, if we go back five to 10 years. The way we were communicating wasn't the way we're doing it now, because more things come to light. Oh, I can't say this no more. Oh, this isn't effective no more. Oh, we have to focus on these audience groups now. Culture is forcing us to make modifications, still going to the same direction, the same destination, more money, more revenue, more growth, bigger business. But culture is dictating the way we're doing it or at least how we need to do it. And so we really need to look at culture because it's going to be it's going to give you that insight to your community. It's going to give you that pulse because sometimes we can be so deep in the weeds, even if you're successful and the numbers are still right. rising, they're still good. But culture is like mm, something's happening and we need to monitor that. So culture is GPS because it makes things more aware. When we go back to the summer 2020 and different things that you may have been making money on ads. Right. But culture would have been like, maybe I should just pause it for a minute. Give my people a minute. It may even buy my people. Well, I should have paused it because culture is telling me right now there's a sensitive period going on that's beyond me trying to make bank or beyond the mechanisms. And it's been allowed us to collaborate. Again, we talked about earlier about the collaboration community, allow others, empower others to have their voice, to be shared, to be heard. So culture dictates all of that. And when you are in tune with that as your GPS, you're not only a brand, a business that's going to make really good money, but you're a brand that's purpose-driven. And you can only be as purpose driven as when you're in tune with the culture that you serve. There's world culture, there's your culture, and then there's a culture of your audience. All three are this wide net going inside of it. So you have to make sure you exhibit the right culture that you want to be perceived, whether you have employees or not. 
or your community or your audience or who you sell to, who you buy to. And from that, it's beyond that with your other audience. What's their culture? What do they need? How can I serve? How can I help them? And then beyond that world culture, there's a lot of things that happens in the world that we think don't impact us, but does. There's a thing called COVID. It impacted us. It was a whole phenomenon. I can't deny it and ignore it. I have to make modifications to my business to survive it and hopefully in time get back to the level of thriving. So culture is very important. And I thought it was very important to add it to my philosophy. Absolutely. It's, uh, I think it should be engraved in every office, every house, and everywhere, every public institution, I believe. That's fantastic. All right. My, you know, next, my couple of questions are about your work. So first thing I want to know about is your dark marketing methodology. I want to know a little bit more about you touched upon that. And I want a little bit more about what is dark stand for and what, what does it mean? So I know people ask, well, Troy, how do you think of all these acronyms? I don't know. Don't ask me. But the reason I do it this way, because sometimes it allows you to remember stuff. And I'm all about simple things that just allows you to remember. I'm all about simple. If you want to say the strategy, I'm the simple mark. I'm the simple mark. They're just simple nuggets that you can remember that's going to help you do what you need to do. Dart. I'm throwing darts at a board. I'm trying to figure out how am I going to get to my audience? How am I going to get this money? How am I going to pay my rent? How am I going to do all these different things, right? And I know every entrepreneur, every S&D has been there where you just throw one up in the middle of the night, just throwing darts up, trying to figure this up in your head. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. But the D is for being direct. Be direct. SMBs, entrepreneurs, I'm looking at you. I know you hear me. Be direct. Direct with what? With your ask. Be direct with your content. Make it very clear what you do and also very clear what you don't do. Because when people come to my websites, when people talk to me, I don't want them to just know that, hey, I want to I want to work with Troy. But also, if it's not the right fit, I want them to immediately self-eliminate themselves from the equation. Why? That saves me time. Not just my time. That saves those who are looking at me time to make it very clear. Is this blue or gold? You know, I don't know if you remember the gold and blue dress thing. But, hey, this is the blue hoodie. Let's talk about this. Da, 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 da. The A is being authentic. I know you're probably wondering, like, wow, Troy, you, you know, you've seen me just very poised and polished. I make mistakes. I'm goofy. I'm silly. I'm high energy. I'm all those different things, but I'm still just trying to get to this live stream. And then you get that. You get me. You see us together. You know, they're both authentic. They take courage to go online. That's why you should do live stream because people think you're courageous and bold when you're just like, hey, I just press record and hope for the best. But be authentic with yourself. That's number one. Be authentic with your community. That's number two. And be authentic with the world. Be very clear about who you are, what you stand for, who you serve, how you serve. Um, people respect that. People trust that. And again, going back to the storytelling side of it, when you tell the right story through authenticity and transparency and compassion, you're activating relationship marketing that's going to help you thrive. Um, the R, and I, this one I love. This is like one of my favorites. Be resourceful. I'm not saying... You know, hey, give me money. No, no, I'm going to help you by saying, what can you do right now to make progress? I have a thing on my board that says get 1% better every single day now loading. I can't turn my camera because I don't want to mess it up. But that's what I'm going to picture. I look at that every day. So yeah. for you, when you're being resourceful, the whole point is get 1% better every single day. Use what you have. You may look at other brands, other SMBs, other entrepreneurs who are really skilled at this, spend all this time in here. But guess what? They may not have a family. They may have more time to devote. Or this person may have more funding to do this thing. Be in your lane and figure out what can I do to be resourceful? What can I do? Could that be, okay, I'm going to do these content. I'm going to create this. I'm going to reel it in and focus on one or two platforms. 
be resourceful. Use your community. Again, if y'all think of Clover, that L, leverage. Leverage your community. That's you being resourceful. And make it that ass. That's not you being desperate. That's you being very clear of what you want. When you make it very clear, people will recognize they want to help you. And the T is techniques and tactics. So strategy is good, but now we need techniques and tactics to implement that strategy. And some of that's depending on your business infrastructure. Some of that's depending on your audience. Some of that is depending on your goal. Because if you're telling me trying to make more money, I'm going to say you spend less time trying to make those graphics. You want time having more conversations. Well, Troy, I want to make more graphics and make my Instagram look lit. I want to look fire. I want to be on fleek. I don't got time right now. The focus is making you more money. We got to have more conversations. More conversations lead to more conversions. So what's the techniques and tactics around that? So when you're very, again, I'm trying to tie in all this together. When you're clover and you're clear about what you're trying to do, now when you do implementing techniques and tactics from the execution side, it's going to be so easy to do. It's going to feel right. And you need to learn that. I think strategy is good. But we got to also make sure you're executing as effectively as possible. And if, you know, going back to resourceful for a second, you're not as good as this and you're aware of it, well, part of my techniques and tactics is either bring it on someone who can be or who can come in real quick and show me how so I can keep it moving. All this together is a focused thing. So that way you're hitting your target instead of missing it here and missing it there. That's the dark marketing methodology in a nutshell. Fantastic, fantastic. I'm pretty sure your clients will be blown away when you <laughs> take them through the first introduction to this kind of methodology, right? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Huh? Right? It's the, correct me if I'm wrong. You know, it's, they they might be kind of when you explain things in such a such a systematic way. I think anybody will be blown away. You know, they will be <laughs> they will be like, oh, right. Especially entrepreneurs who, who don't understand marketing. For them, this will be like uh, something else. All right. So interesting. <laughs> All right. So you know, I I always wanted to ask this question because I was reading recently an article about diversity and inclusion in marketing and I, I didn't know whom should I ask this question because I myself am not clear 100% about it so I'm learning about it I'm reading about it so I thought best person to ask is here today so I included this question again nothing to do with our topic but still I wanted to ask sure. you are a huge proponent of culture diversity inclusion right so why do you think marketers should be more cognizant about the same and how can they become more responsible towards all this? This is very important. I'm so glad that you asked this question. Um, the biggest answer, again, goes to the culture's GPS. We may be so, again, entrepreneurs and SMBs, you may be so deep in the weeds that you're not aware of what's happening around you. And certain hashtags, certain words, certain um, conversations shouldn't be said. It actually may put you on a bastard where you got to call on the PR team, like, oh, my goodness, I don't know what's going on. So it's very important to have a pulse check on diversity, equity, and inclusion. And also to make it very clear, um, just because you post a black square, just because you have a graphic that shows different nationalities and ethnicities and groups, doesn't mean or reflect you as a very diverse organization. I'm not saying you got to go sweep house. I'm saying it's very important to empower people with that. Um, as marketers, how we approach and how we create you need to make the money you need to get the conversion you need to make the sales you need to get the right community but it's amazing that it happens when you're more diverse and you're able to talk to different subgroups within your big group even if let's say the percentage of the group that you know may not be normally affected by something is very small people see that they trust you more they want to work with you more they want to be with you more 
and I'll use this as an example. Um, you have Walmart here and you got a Whole Foods over there. Forget about the, how you where you buy your shops. I'm not judging you for that. I don't care. I don't, I don't even do it. But the point is, I've seen many folk who has a Walmart cross the street and they'll go 30 miles for the Whole Foods simply because of the stands or how they create content that's more diversified to people. Again, I'm not reflecting either one of the brands. I'm just saying as a marketer, when you're thinking about your content, when you're thinking about how you're delivering certain things, you want to be more inclusive. And even if and I'm going to even go a little bit deeper for those who maybe have certain ways or certain thoughts, I don't, I respect that. Not a big issue. But I'm saying even in that, your awareness to not talk about certain things is just as powerful as talking about certain things. And at the very least, when your community, you can elevate others to talk in your stead. When you don't feel equipped to give the answers as a brand or as an organization, guess what? You can retweet, you can share someone else who does it more eloquently of how to articulate the thoughts of certain things, and you're still amplifying. That still counts. It's still brownie points, people. It's still brownie right. points. So that's why when you're in tune with your community and using culture's GPS, there's so many benefits from it. Because when something's going on, I have I can't talk on this subject. I'm not a subject matter, matter object uh, expert in it. I don't know anything about it. But so and so over here is that does he not understands it and he shared a video about it. I'm sharing the video. I didn't say nothing. I just shared it. Guess what? My community is still educated on the situation. And I think many times we're not only trying to sell. We're not only trying to build community, but we're also trying to educate our own community of things that, hey, I, I found this very valuable. Maybe you should, too. I, I don't know anything about it. I'm going to be transparent and honest about it. That's maybe my most authentic self. I don't know anything about it, but hey, this person shared something. What are your thoughts? What are your comments? What are your, what's the dialogue? And you know what? Most people on this planet will respect you for it. They'll even trust you even more for it. So that's why DEI is so important, not just from the standpoint of making sure you're good from a PR perspective, but you're, you could actually untap and unlock new revenue streams, new micro communities that say, this person is for me and what I do, that means so much to me. And that person shared your stuff. And guess what? You've got 10,000 more followers. Well, maybe not 10,000, but we don't know about that. But you're getting more leads and more conversations and a bigger community. So think about that when you're approaching as a marketing perspective. Right, got that. Um, the, to, to just add an example, the current Asian American uh, hatred which is going on, I can see a lot of brands like Drift taking a stand against it. So that's that's very interesting to see because uh, in India, the, the it's totally different. Brands get bashed right, left, center when they take stands for anything. So it's very refreshing to see that. And I think we have come to an end of the talk, uh, Troy. I'm, I'm so grateful for you to be on the show and uh, share your insights. I'm pretty sure I'll come back to you with a lot of questions on your methodologies to understand it well. And I wish you all the best and uh, stay safe. And uh, thank you so much once again. Thank you for having me on the show. All right. All right. So that was Troy, guys. Uh, I love him. I love him uh, because, you know, he is somebody, uh, when I go and check out his social media feed, it gives me some kind of positive energy, you know, the kind of pictures he posts, the kind of message he has along with that uh, is a genuine, 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 authentic person as I, as we discussed right now. So, you know, and it's, it's as brands, as marketers, it's our responsibility to be authentic, to stand with the right causes, to exist for the right reason. Thank you for listening to the Thrifty Marketer Podcast. For more exciting episodes like these, please follow 
the Thrifty Marketer podcast today. Now available on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. See you next episode.